Creative Riding is a weekly show about motorcycles. Sometimes this show has opinions, not necessarily facts. Most of the time, this show is opinions, not necessarily facts. And the opinions are strictly those of the a-hole that says them. They're not representative of creative writing as a whole and uh, may be outdone by the opinion of another a-hole at any time on the show. With that, you've been warned. Welcome. Moto One Podcast Network. There's a class for them, and then there was like skylines and shit in them too. The Audi, Audi had a badass car in it. Um, the Group C was more prototype. But it w- was it just German Group C shit? Like the Group B rally, Group C was it? Was it also a rally class? Or you're just no, no, no. Group C around? was like it was like those, like what is now like P1 and P2. Okay, like, yeah, I just don't remember that. I mean, I just know a lot of it now because of Instagram and Forza. <laughs> yeah, I. But that documentary I watched on, um, you know, it was so cool. The one on on Schumacher and JDM or uh, DTM and. God, he was such a terrible, terrible rider or driver at first. He crashed somebody out in like the first <laughs> race he was ever in, and then he became a legend. It was amazing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, what you heard there, that little pause, that little hiccup, was uh, some shit overheating, y'all. <laughs> the com- it's already overheating. We're just getting started. Yeah, it, and we're just getting started. We spent like an hour and a half trying to connect to Jay, um, junk face here, trying to find his stupid intros, which apparently I have overwritten with other stuff, amazing as that is. And then the way I plugged the recorder in earlier, uh, it wasn't working either. So it's just been great. And we got a new dog, so you're probably going to hear them barking. Bow, in the wow, wow, so what wow. WTF is what I really want to say right now, but I'm not going to do it. Wiggins, what's up, you baby? Just did. I forgot I'm too hot. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, Wiggins brought over some beverages from Dogfish Head, which is actually an interesting documentary on how these guys got started. I think uh, I've seen... No, he had a show for a while. Oh, I don't yeah. know if I've seen the documentary or not. Yeah, maybe... maybe interesting dude. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know he had a show. Uh, but yeah, I watched a documentary a long time ago on microbreweries. And um, we're going to have to do one. There's, I've been to the original brew house slash restaurant in Delaware. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to the big brewery, but to the little one. When I did my epic motorcycle trip in 2012, Hell yeah. that was one of my stops on the East Coast. It was cool because uh, I had too much to drink. So I rode my motorcycle for uh, like two blocks, <laughs> and, and uh, fell, promptly fell off and slept right in the bushes where you fell. No, um, I mean I knew I, I had too much, so I was like, okay, if I can get down there a little bit, I can just park and go to the beach. So I went to the beach for a while. So it was kind of yeah. rad. Yeah, you know, it was a cool trip. Well, you know what you never want to do? The boardwalk. Well, you always want to do the boardwalk. You never want to fall asleep 
on the beach. That's the grossest thing ever. I've stayed pretty late at the beach at night before, but never never decided to sleep there. So what's up, everybody? Uh, this is Creative Writing episode numero. Wiggins, take it away. 183. You got that wrong. Damn, 184 then. Yes, sir. Okay, last week was 183. Yes, sir. 184. And if you're counting and you're like, wait, there's been more, guess what? We took a break uh, a couple times. We got a uh, wheel spin from my Moto One Podcast Network. They let us come in and use a couple of their episodes. Uh, we've had some reboots. I don't really number the spooky spokes, so we're probably uh, actually nearing closer to 200. But when did I come in? It was 80 something, right? It was around 85. Yeah, 85. Yeah, man. So you've been wow. here for almost, almost 100 episodes, yeah, which equals almost two years of your desperate life. <laughs> Maybe lame life. <laughs> I guess it could be desperate. I just I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts that say that and I just I wanted to use that myself and there I go. For the first time in your desperate life you have meaning and purpose. How's that? That sounds better. Sure. Um Wiggins has a Harley Davidson hat on and I'm not sure that's authentic. Was that made in China, sir? Because it looks like it's missing some red. It's it got probably double it was, but it was given to me by Harley Davidson. It's got double so. orange. Didn't that old I'm yeah, dude, this one came from Harley. It's an auto, O-T-T-O that collection. Des- that design uh, no, is supposed to have design. red on top and orange on the bottom, right? I think it's just supposed to be red. Oh. Or, 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 or red, yeah. It's supposed to be orange. Okay. But uh, I'm pretty sure the factory gave it this these. Hmm. Sweet. Well, the factory would know the color scheme better than anyone else. No, probably not. No one who gave it to us, they probably have no fucking clue. That is true. Harley Davidson, <laughs> they know what's going on, and we'll talk about that later in Slightly a little bit. disappointed at them right now. <laughs> I know you are. Uh, also, bing, 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 Moto One Podcast Network. I can't find the stinger, so I'll just do it a cappella. How's Found that? A cappella is uh, Italian meaning uh, on your face. Um, there it is. <laughs> it's on my face. <laughs> so there we go. Acapella version of the Moto One Stinger. And I'd like to thank everybody at Moto One for giving us um, some new equipment. But guess what? It got stolen off my porch. And my Nest Cam caught the guy. He looked a lot like Moto GP from the Nokomoto podcast. Interesting that they would be down here in the SoCal area stealing gear off of my porch. But who, who knows? Um, and also, patrons, guess what? Thank you guys so much. Uh, we have a slacker mic from one of our patrons, um, from uh, Chris Geis, who has the So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle podcast, who featured Jay on just last week or the week before and was talking about her crashes. Luckily, so he ha- was like, so the interview is like, so do you want to learn how to ride a motorcycle? Yeah. Let's have you on yeah. and teach you. <laughs> Zing for <laughs> Jay. Got her. He should, <laughs> She's not even here to defend herself. Yeah. Though. We had technical difficulties. And then after Jay hung hey, up with us, hey, we like, tried magically that it's working. I don't know what the hell's going on. I think it might've been her phone. Um, it was on her end. We'll blame her because I've done it before. And she's not here to defend herself. Yeah. Same reason. Booyah. Boo. And Poor also, Jay, Jay, Jay. Uh, last time we saw you, terrible taste in socks. Since you're not here to defend yourself, I'm just going to make fun of anything. <laughs> yeah. As I have like gray polka dot socks on right now. Yeah. Look, my socks don't even match. Oh, that's how <laughs> we have good taste. Huh? Yeah. I quit wearing matching socks. I decided not to put too much thought into what's going on where places where people aren't going to see right now i have painted on underwear wigs <laughs> i bought like uh these like packs like a 24 pack of like dress socks and i have them in order dress socks don't tell me it says day. kirkland on the inside no no actually no 
Okay. I did get some stuff from Kirkland that's pretty rad, though. Yeah. I got some work pants. Underwear. Yes. They're, it, they're pretty badass. Are they? Do they have Dickies on the inside or Kirkland? No, they're... Uh, Kirkland brand? No, no. They're not even Kirkland brand. Although this shirt behind me that's actually kind of rad is a Good Threads brand. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've heard of Good Threads. Yeah, it's Amazon's house brand. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. Oh, well, my wife says, hey, I'm shopping on this, like... Um, Gonna buy you some new clothes from Good Threads. Good yeah, cool. And then they actually have like on. some rad canvas ones, but they're insulated. And I'm huh. like, it's fucking 100 degrees out. Listen, it was 101 here today. I did not like that very much. Yeah. And neither does the rest of the country. I haven't read the, you know, I got so sick of looking at stuff like California Motorcyclist Down and MidwestWeather.com. I, I love, <laughs> so I followed California Motorcyclist Down, I think that was the one, for like three days. And it was depressing. Because it's like two people die every day here. Yeah. I, I was just like, I can't look at this anymore. Yeah. Like, it was I, last week, I was like, yeah, somebody got smoked. Last week was bad, yeah, I guess. Somebody but, got smoked by a uh, semi, yeah, and you're like, who, this guy? And I was like, oh, yeah, no, there he is. But no, this guy, too. Yeah, like, and they were both like, or at least one was right up close to us. So. Yeah, super close. I saw the helicopters, yeah, flying yeah. around. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I try not to... Um, I know it happens. Yeah. I'll be the first one to tell you if you want to ride a motorcycle. Like, you have to know that it happens. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I don't want to see it. Yeah, face. <laughs> me neither. And you know what? Like, I've never been in that situation even. I, you know what? Like, thinking that now that Jay's not here to defend herself, we could really use you, Jay. What the hell? Why Why wasn't your phone working? But um, it, we could really use some perspective on what it's like to crash and survive multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's my problem Poor with that. Jay. Like, I don't remember what we were, who I was talking about. I don't even think it was Jay, actually. But, um... Someone was asking about that not very long ago, and I was like, my big issue with that is every time you ride a motorcycle, you roll the dice, right? You're, you're, I mean, every time you get in a car, every time you walk across the street, let's be real. Hey, every, you're time, you the open, dice. every time you open your eyes, you're on the right side of the dirt for a few hours. And if you make it back to that side when you're closing again, good on you. For sure. But, you know, as motorcyclists, I think we understand that our, our danger level is definitely elevated. Every single time you throw a leg over a bike, like, your risk goes up. And, and you're rolling the dice and you're maybe today, right? And again, that's with a lot of stuff, but I, motorcycling is more so. To take that to the next level, every time you crash, that is just, you're one closer. Like, and you don't know. Like, there's people that they've, there's, I'm sure there's someone that's died their first time ever down on a oh, motorcycle, yeah, yeah. right? They I, had I, it for a week. Yeah. First crash, done. And there's people that have crashed 200 times on the street, and they're still they're still doing it. But it doesn't matter. Like your number is someone somewhere in there, and you hope that you get old enough and you you don't ride anymore, right? Before that number comes up. Like we don't know if that number is one, two, or three, thirty, forty, fifty, or three hundred or four hundred crashes, but like every crash is a roll of the dice and you know, I, it is with a motorcycle in general, but to me crashing just increases those odds even more. Mm -hmm. So my idea is like, just try not to crash at all, man. Don't crash. So That's like, the motto. That should be, we're going to call this for sure. show that don't crash. I mean, there's a, there's a it, guy doing now, like go fast, go fast, don't die. Something like right? that. My, and, I think and, my uh, Spamla says that on it. Yeah. Don't die today is what it shows yeah, on there. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's like a super 
bummer thing to talk about. I've never had a gremlin bell, but I've always had graffiti on my bike that says, just really? a reminder, don't die, or something like that. I have that. one on my Dyna, and Trusty Rusty has one that was on it, and it's funny. It's like this chick, she has like shorts on, but like no shirt, and like all spread eagle, like you're looking right at her. <laughs> It's like the most fucking. <laughs> that sounds like it would attract gremlin. <laughs> yeah, dude, like the most raunchy, fucking dirty white trash gremlin bell. But it was on the bike when I got it. You so can't it's take still it off. on it. You it's take still it on Trusty Rusty. All the fucking races, X Games, everywhere. That dirty ass fucking gremlin bell's been there. Nobody and gets I it. Think in it's tech, great, huh? In tech, <laughs> they're like, oh, they dude. If someone asks me to take it off in tech, I'll be like, do you want me to die today? Yeah. Guess what? I, I survived. That thing saves my life. Speaking of which, uh, weird like weird time to go, uh, and you never know when you're gonna. Your time is gonna call. Your card is gonna get punched. What whatever you want to call it. My friend, <clears throat> I have a couple of friends that race uh, with Arma. And they've crashed a bunch of times racing or been off track or whatever. Um, my one of my friend his my friends race her and her boyfriend both race. Well, she got in a couple street accidents and was like, "Dude, screw this! I'm doing track only and race only, right?" So she doesn't even ride on the street anymore. And he quit too. He's like, "Yeah, screw this! Like racing is where it's at." They have a friend who was riding his little fifty down to the mailbox on his driveway and just like hit a patch of dirt wrong and died. <laughs> Like smashed his head, you know, when it went down, he oh, just yeah, hit his yeah, head yeah. Just and hit died it just right from like two and a half feet off the ground. Yeah. So you never know when. You know they the say that with a lot of like car accidents, dude. Like, like all that stuff. Yeah. Like most of them happen within like two miles of home or something yeah. like that. So the statistic it's is crazy. a mile of home. Yeah. Uh, so you never know when the Sons of Anarchy uh, <laughs> <laughs> mascot is gonna give you pay you a visit and get you with that AK-47 sky that he has side. Um, so yeah, thanks patrons for all your support and all that you do and keeping us safe here at Creative Writing, keeping the audio safe in the studio. And uh, also I wanted to say um, thanks for the NPC writers. We're going to have a Sunday group chat. Obviously we're not going to be doing it via Google Hangouts because I just tried to do that with Jay and uh, did not quite work. I think it's like a chat platform now. I can't get the video portion to work so it sounds like we're going to be doing skype hopefully skype will support 10 people so um we're going to be doing that and i want to say thank you to all the npc writers that can make it to that and i will uh text you all and let you know when what time it's going to be because all day sunday i think everybody's going to be chilling it's only going to be like 99 here (laughs) so i'm going to be inside it's been hot as hell i went for a ride last night because it's been it was too hot to even think yesterday um so yeah i've been riding at night and oh oh the thing we were talking about about the California motorcyclist down the thing that got us off on that tangent <coughs> is I quit looking at all the flooding in the Midwest too and now they got heat so they're going to have what we had here 2 years ago and what they had I think in Louisiana a couple of years ago is when you have this intense winter and then an intense flooding and rain all of a sudden you got intense heat which builds up to intense mosquito problems and I hope you guys I mean, it's just like one thing after another. Oh, first it was like freezing for half the year. Now it's like wet and I have to have a rowboat for half the year. And now I'm getting attacked by mosquitoes for half the year. Three halves, that equals one and a half years of torture. So, uh, yeah, I hope everybody's doing well no matter what you're doing. I hope you're getting out and riding. Even if your bike's uh, underwater, I hope your friends are letting you ride theirs. And even if it's real hot, go at night like I do. 
And uh, yeah, Tipperary Raw Bars. Um, we got to roast my bike, and I think I'm going to bring back Word of the Week. Do you remember that, Wiggs? It was a pain in the ass to edit, so I don't think I'm going to do that portion of it. But I think somehow I'm going to work in with me, you, and Jay to get like Word of the Week going where we can... Um, just figure out like a sort of like a curse for the week, and whoever has the the curse is gonna have to use the word of the week in a sentence somewhere. In I like it the, the Pee style, where like you're not supposed yeah. to say it. Yeah, yeah. But then we should bring up a topic that includes it. Oh, so it's hard not. But to we say could it. like you could even pull it out of a hat. So we could have like tire and chain and right. piston, and we'll pull one out of a hat, and then. The topic could be like things you should replace on your motorcycle yeah. every six months. All well, right. it's a. I think I'm gonna make a Facebook group because it was really hard to track who had put what down on the page every week, and um, just finding that thre- finding that particular post again of the hundreds of posts that are on our page. I think I might make Facebook a, is so hard to keep track of like that. Yeah, so I think I might make a group where just there, you know we can do it there, and um, put them all on a spreadsheet once I learn how to use a spreadsheet and then we'll bring back word of the week and you can submit your word of the week. I remember the, one of the ones I remember was like, um, corn dog, which would be really good for this time of year. And one I remember from one of our listeners in India, he had put down the word and I could, I don't even remember what it was, but it was basically the word meant what your mind perceives as being your body's movement or something like that. Like your mind's perception of where your body is in time and space. And I was like, that actually works with motorcycle riding. And I did this this weekend. I went up to Azusa Canyon and I was doing that thing where I'm like, yeah, I'm looking way over there, but my, my brain is computing that my body isn't there yet. Like it just feels weird. I can tell like my, my body was doing all this like automatic stuff based on where my eyes were looking and so, yeah, it was really weird, like, perceiving where my body was actually at versus where I was looking and thinking I was doing. So I think we're going to bring back Word of the Week. And um, before we get into this week's show and roast my bike and all this fun stuff, I think I'm going to give you some upcoming events. So listen to this. And uh, if you can hear the fan in the background, my apologies. If you can hear crickets, my apologies. We got the windows open. Oh, I turned the off fan. one fan. Yeah, you turned off the good one. Um, let me see. Hang on. I Let's left do, the shitty one going. You did. Let's do a sound test. Yeah, we can definitely hear a little bit of it, but that's fine. You guys don't want me and Wigs passing out on mic, do you? It'd be so weird, like, just hearing all of a sudden, like, silence and just, like... (laughs) I'm sure that's what I breathe like when I'm passed out. (laughs) Um, My tongue back in my throat. So, anyway, yeah, we got coming up uh, this week, uh, July 7th, Fuel Cleveland in Cleveland, Ohio. That's the air conditioner for the house kicking on. You know it's hot when that kicks on because it's set to like 82 and inside. It's, yeah, and it's, it's almost 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock at night. So, yeah, listen, everybody. Go to Fuel Cleveland. I'm sure it's going to be sweltering in Cleveland, Ohio, because it's like the middle of the country and you have barely any lake effect. If you do go, buy some stuff from Track or Die and tell Bam. Corey Wiggins told you to. Yeah. Because I think he's – I'm pretty sure he's going to give me a headlight for my bike. Tell him Chris Wiggins. Yeah, you can just say Wiggins. I'm sure okay. he'll know. You said I think you said Corey Wiggins. No, tell Corey. Oh, tell Corey that, that Wiggins, Wiggins said you. hi. Okay. And uh, tell Corey that Corey Wiggins said hi, and he'd be like, "Dude, have I been calling him the wrong name?" Well, that's why. <laughs> that's why everyone just calls you Wiggins. That's a good idea. Your name could be Steve Wiggins. So someone's got to pay for that headlight. Yeah. So please pay, pay for Wiggins's headlight. Yeah. And uh, tell him Wiggins sent you. 
telling Wiggins, and then he's like, Wiggins who? Be like, Josh Wiggins? I just Wiggins. Um, also, July 27th is um, the Deus Biker Build-Off down here in Deus Venice Beach, where Damn, any schmuck. so close. Any schmuck. Maybe I can take it next year. Yeah, I know. You have like, what, one day? <laughs> it's the 26th. It's tomorrow, dude. Uh, yeah, so unless you can get that thing done, in one, but it's perfect no, for it your bike. Be. Like it's perfect. It will be next year. Yeah, it's not for like the bike XF. It's for like I think I think Durant from Durant's Dirty Garage when he was like fourteen. I believe him and his dad were living in a loft above like some old clapped out shed in somewhere in Pacoima, uh, not Pacoima, somewhere down like near Long Beach or something. And, um, yeah, I think they built a bike, and he took it in, and he was the youngest winner, and now he's got his own uh, web series. Is he doing a web series now? I don't know what he oh. has. I just said that. Um, he's got his own bank and trust. <laughs> Duran's Dirty Bank and Trust. <laughs> Check him out for all your motorcycle needs. Um, July 28th, which is this Sunday, the SoCal Cycles Swap Meet, which happens the last Sunday of every month. It's going to be at Long Beach Veterans Stadium in Long Beach, California, or Long Beach, uh, Maryland, if there is such a place. Go check that out. Maybe they have a SoCal Cycles Swap Meet as well. Um, August 2 through 11. Guess what's coming up, bro? It's America's... Uh, but is it America's is Sturgis? Yes, it's America's Sturgis coming up. I was trying to say America's Biker Rally, but I don't know if um, Daytona is like Daytona Bike Week. That probably started before Sturgis, right? I don't think so. Really? Sturgis was 38, Bike Week no, was. No, Sturgis, I think, was before that. No, because it's 79th. So count back 79 years. Then they skip a few years for the Dulce War? They skipped a few years. Um, because it was like a record player and the needle got out of the groove. Let me Could see. Be. Sturgis, 79. Sturgis is the, the lar- largest. Is it? I wasn't sure if Daytona was just because Daytona has also been around quite a while. It might be the oldest. I don't know. Yeah. But Sturgis is definitely the largest. Yeah, for sure. Really. <laughs> so now you're comparing them to boobs? Like yes. you got the oldest versus the largest? Bigger is better. Okay. Well, then Sturgis is the biggest bike rally happening right now. Uh August 2nd to 11th. It's going to be 10 days of partying. You know, you can figure that this sleepy town of uh, 123 people turns into a bustling town of over 6 trillion people as bikers from around the world trailer their bikes to adjacent cities and then ride them in the six miles to Sturgis. Um, I just read, I just told you about it last episode, I believe, Craig Johnson, who is a... An author who writes Longmire mystery novels. He wrote this bike a book called An Obvious Fact that takes place right at Sturgis uh, Motorcycle Rally, but it takes place right outside Sturgis. It's crazy because it, if he writes about if it's real what he wrote about, then like the surrounding area, there's like 17 towns within like a 10 mile radius. But uh, it was pretty cool. And it's a great read. It was good because, like, I usually can't read books. Like, they're hard for me to read. I sit around and I start reading. I'm like, meh, meh, meh. And then I look and I'm only 10 pages in. When I'm only 10 pages in and I'm done, I know that things are uh, not so great. So this book was probably about 200 pages, and I could not put it down. So it was a great read. Um, It's all about motorcycles and guns and, like, all sorts of stuff. So you read it. It's basically like Fast and the Furious from Motorcycles. It's pretty cool. So 
read that while you're at Sturgis. Let me and call in. Let us know how you what, how you feel about it. Uh, August seventh, Boswell's Hooligan Racing at Putnam County Fairgrounds in Putnam County. And August 11th, Vintage Bike OC down here. They takes place every month at Castaneda's uh, Mexican restaurant down there in Huntington Beach. Joe was the dude I interviewed, and I wish I could go. I wish I had the um, episode right off the top of my head, but it was at the Lion Air Museum last year. Ran into him, and he's like, "Listen, I do this monthly meetup, and it sounds awesome. They got some really vintage, vintage stuff from like the 1920s." And the late, like 1970s. If you're in 1970s, they're like, why are you bringing that new stuff around? <laughs> so don't even bring none of this like 80s and 90s stuff. They'll be like, dude, that's like brand new. Um, uh, August uh, 16th through the 18th, the High Pipe Festival at Mountain High Res- Ski Resort. And if you're coming into Mountain High, it's in Wrightwood, so there's a bunch of stuff. You can come in off the 2, you can come in off the 38 or the 138, you can come in off the 15, you can come in off the 5. And if you're in another state and you don't like how we say the and then just say a number, uh, let me tell you this. You can come in on Interstate GTFO of my podcast because I'll say what I want. Um, But anyway, yeah, High Pipe, they're going to have like a – it's at a ski resort and it's in the summertime, so basically it's a dirt resort at this point of the year. And there's going to be like Which a weekend s- is that? Uh, 18th and 19th. Bike's not going to be done. But yeah. I want to go. I rode through Wrightwood a couple weeks ago. Listen, bro. No, take your Dyna or your uh, trusty Rusty. How far How far will Trusty make it on tank of gas? Will it make it to Wrightwood? I don't know. There's gas stations in between here and there, though, you know, too. Depends which way you go. Yeah, that's true. If, if you go on the two, there's not. Yeah, if you go to two, like, I could <laughs> fill up at the bottom of the two, and then, like, when right. I rode back from Big Bear, I filled up in Wrightwood, and I wasn't able to, like, right. there's nothing until you I No, I back. could fill up at the bottom of the two and then promptly run out of gas halfway <laughs> halfway there. But you know what? How many miles is Wrightwood? It's probably 80 or 90, so it, it might not. I don't it. know. It takes, like, two hours because it's so It does. Twisty. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, up in the mountains. So, they would love it if I showed up on Trusty Rusty. Oh, I, yes, and they have a scrambler, a scrambler Kana is what they're going to have. It's like a little scrambler uh, skills test at the bottom. Plus, they got riding in all different directions. I know for a fact that Crash from Motorcycle or Cafe Racer Podcast is going to be up there camping, and I plan on going. I learned something recently, Wiggs. This might I could throw. take the Dyna. You could take the Dyna. Yeah, you. Anything's welcome. Everything's welcome. I don't welcome have a sissy there. bar, but I could always just take a backpack with some shit. And yeah, sleep outdoors. I'm gonna take a backpack with some clothes because I don't like taking shit in my backpacks. But to each his own. Um, Zing. I learned that uh, the motorcycles and the misfits are gonna be in town that weekend. For that, or for just to no. be in town? Because I was like, hey guys, you want to go to the sweet thing? And they're like, sweet thing. No. I might be actually camping, family camping. I don't know. Damn it. Well, I, it's not set though, so we don't. Fuck know. it. Uh, somebody else go to this and come on our show and tell us how it was, because Liza wants me to hang out with them, and uh, who knows what's going to be happening. But August seventeenth, let's just skip the sixteenth through the eighteenth. Let's go to the seventeenth. Boswell's Hooligan Racing at the DeKalb County Fairgrounds in DeKalb. You know where that is, right? DeKalb is in Tennessee. Sure. I didn't know. That's why I asked you. August twenty fourth, Boswell's Hooligan Racing Series. I'm guessing in Smith County. In, County you know where Smith is? Probably also in Tennessee. That's where they're based out of. I think you're onto something good, sir. And there's one in uh, Cookville. Yeah, where's Cookville, that? Cookville, Ten- that's definitely in Tennessee. What? Uh, why don't they just name places like Tennesseeville, Tennessee? 
That would make a lot more sense. Anyway, uh, so yeah, and Boswell's Harley Davidson putting on all this great uh, racing action for you there in, I'm guessing, Tennessee. August 24th and 25th, Carnival of Speed is happening at Willow Springs International Raceway, put on by the Sweet Talker, uh, Dirty Chalker, Brady Walker. It will most likely be at that. Yes, there's going to be two days of If I can afford it, so patrons, up those... Up yeah. those entries for next month. Yeah. Now that we're down to 60 bucks a month, we're down. Yeah. Patrons. I, I only need 300 for two days. All right. Well, I'll save up a half a year of our <laughs> patrons. So give it to you. <laughs> Not pay our uh, sound hosting, uh, you know, hosting for the, the uh, podcast or anything like that. And we'll see where we get. Um, but yeah, Carnival of Speed, two days. There's going to be cash bars, barbecues. There's going to be mini bike mayhem, drag racing, flat track, road racing, off-roading, and live music, all sorts of fun stuff. I happen to know that the weekend before and the weekend after, there's going to be armor racing because my good friends that are uh, doing that racing are not going to be at the Festival of Speed because they're going to be up at Button Willow for one of the armor rounds, and then they're going to skip the Carnival of Speed and be out at Utah Motorsports Campus for the next round. So they're, like, driving. So that's why they're not going to make it to the Carnival of Speed. They need some rest. You just can't race old bikes back to back to back to back. Um, August 28th, Bikes and Burlesque at the Cobra Lounge in Chicago, Illinois. Check that out. They're doing it like every month or every other month, so that looks like a lot of fun. September 3rd, I'm super happy and and stoked to announce this. Ghost Biker Explorations is going to be having a little interview here on the Creative Writing Podcast. And uh, I've li- I watched all of her episodes. Uh, check out Miranda Young on Facebook or Ghost Biker Explorations, check out her stories because this is going to coincide with Spooky Spokes this year, folks. I'm super excited about that. And uh, it should help inspire you to submit some really sweet stuff. And uh, September 21st, ride in at the ranch at Vail Ranch in Temecula, California. That looks like a lot of fun. Check that out on Instagrizzle. And that's all of our current events. Um, And before the patron call-in on Sunday... And before we call Ghost Bicycle Explorations, I better figure out this audio problem we're having, yeah? So that's that. Uh, Wigs, up in the news. What do you got? What's happening? Let me do this. I'm just kidding. I have the news right here. Can you see the screen still? I can a little bit. All right. Um, Am I supposed to read the first one because it's flat track related? eh, Not just flat track related, but yeah, you can read it. It's mostly flat track related. Mostly flat track related, but he also had some really sweet... uh, road bikes that he made as well did he yeah oh uh legendary tuner yeah ron wood passes away this week yeah monday i believe he died known for the i mean literally the wood road tax if you guys check out sideburn magazine um it was actually one of the i think it was one of the blueprints you could order um Gary had some cool like blueprints you could uh, frame and hang on your wall. XR750, the wood Rotax. And there was actually a lot of wood Rotaxes. Um, some were twin shock, some were mono shock under the bike. And then there is the big red wood Rotax, which is like a 701, I think it's 701 CC Rotax of craziness that jeffrey carver has won willow springs on a couple times um, against all the twins in the open class so the last uh, pro number plate to be on it was definitely um creative writing's favorite jeffrey carver but ron was 29 23 (laughs) but (laughs) but ron wood has been around a long time won a lot of flat track races as a tuner um 
known for all kinds of bikes. Um, oh, that's kind of crazy. So he did yeah. some Grand Prix, Grand Prix racers. Yeah, he sure did. He did some pretty sweet looking road racing bikes. Um, I mean, he was just in it. But they were fast. all road tax, huh? So yeah. it's for singles class. He was all about the road tax singles. Why mess? Or up? were they not necessarily singles? Why mess with something good? Well, they were all you know. Back was it all the same motor? It was. 500 cc yeah i'm pretty sure they were all singles who else made some cool ones it was a uh, hagen i saw like this crazy aluminum frame honda that hagen had made yes um, did hagen die because we can have him on there no too. no he did not god damn um, okay he's always trying to be like, oh i'm alive <laughs> but yeah ron wood i believe he was 90 uh he was definitely old i think so, he was 90 i mean it it's a bummer but it's not like um if you guys haven't figured it out yet everyone gets old and dies like, there's not a lot of things in life you can escape, and death is probably the most certain. You know what? I'm thinking, and I want to... Except Walt Disney, Elon Musk will probably figure out a way... <laughs> to cryogenically freeze and If he wants to. I mean, he might, you know, Elon's kind of weird. Maybe he's like, fuck it, I'm done. Listen, but Elon has that Neuralink. He's going to live on within one he, of us. You know, he future. might just be like, fuck all of you, I'm out. You I'm know? already dead. Yeah. He's dead already, and he's still but, thinking of uh, all this stuff. You know, I mean, so that's something that uh, in life we we don't we can't get away he's with. He's a zombie, and he's already doing better than me. So uh, I get really pissed when younger people and people that are dead do better than me. And that's right? a lot of people. That's a lot yeah, of people in is, this world. That's that are, a lot. Yeah. Um, I was just listening to someone on Joe Rogan yesterday, and he was like, "Oh, I'm 36," and I was like, "Eat a dick." Yeah. I'm 36, and I've only owned three uh, very successful uh, Fortune 500 companies. No, no, this guy's not like that. It's that Rich Rebuilds guy that like bought the salvaged Tesla on oh. YouTube and rebuilt it. Well, never mind. We could do that. And Tesla kind of fucks him every chance they get. They're like, oh, that car's salvaged. We're not giving you a key. And he's like, it's salvaged. It's not totaled. And they like wouldn't sell him parts. The- Tesla's weird, and I this I mean it's one of the big reasons that and the iPhone are one of the big reasons Man, is that Tesla's re- weird that right to repair law. Yeah, because you don't like, and well, every, you don't and, own the car that you bought type yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah, and I get, you know, I get it to a point like they don't want their technology getting out, but you can buy a salvaged Tesla. Like one of the hot things that they were talking about, and I've seen it, and I want to do it to my Plymouth, but I don't want a fast one. Teslas are fast. I want it slow. I mean, it's just an old shitty car, yeah. and I don't want to do the brakes. But um, people are like Tesla swapping. Now you like, got why I like didn't put Spamla over 150 horsepower, right? Like uh, then you got to upgrade the brakes. LS swaps were so 2015. Oh, now no, it's no, dude. LS swaps were so 2006. Now it's Tesla swaps. Yeah. If you want your car to go fast, you do Tesla swaps. But anyway, so he's on Joe Rogan. He's 36. Anyway. But yeah, I mean, people. But that get old. guy just has a salvaged Tesla. So boo about but that. But he did the YouTube video, and he's kind of funny, and he did a couple videos now. Let's us be funny, right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, we try. Quit falling asleep on the mic, and know, let's right? be funny. <sighs> so, nothing. It's Ron Wood. I mean, um, yeah, absolutely nothing. Against I mean, him. there's nothing. Um, how do you escape 90? I've made it. And how do you be sad about, like, it was like, oh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe people weren't like that. But, you know, I mean, the dude left a full legendary life. Yeah, So for uh, sure. Congrats on that. And uh, you will be missed. And Is that a know, lightsaber that you just had in your know, hand? It's a flashlight. Um, just don't look at it. It's bright Because it's basically a lightsaber <laughs> with an invisible blade. Um, the only reason I'm 126 is because I've been genetically modified. And uh, but yeah, when you were out at the racetrack, he was out of the fucking racetrack every, every day. That's why he looked the way he did every day, every day. Yeah. And so yeah, my and I have something I want to say about safety too because uh, you know 
I'm all with that. Oh my god, we're coming up to our first break. Hey, when we come back after this, since I don't even know what's in this break, I'm not even like, I'm doing such a good job of hosting and not like doing great technical work this uh, today. This today. <laughs> I can't even speak today. It is literally that hot, folks. We need to take a break and uh, we'll be back with the rest of the news. And guess what? Guess what else we'll do? Um, other than the news? Yeah, let's do the news. We'll probably right. talk about motorcycles. We will. Why don't we just talk about it right now? Let's finish the news and then we'll get to this break. How's that? I run this show. I can tell the news we want to do. What we want to do. All right. So we'll make this fast. Triumph Motorcycles today announced it'll produce a limited edition run of the 765 Daytona models for the street in the Triumph uh, Daytona Moto 2 limited edition, calling them the closest you can get into a genuine Moto 2 TM factory ride for the road. Do you remember when they did this thing called the... Um, uh, R213, uh, no, the RC213VS and the R1M and like all these cool things that, uh, other companies have done to try to give you their MotoGP bike. Or like their world superbike bikes, but yeah. Or their world's, uh, yeah, Kawasaki's famous for that. Um, Yamaha and Honda are famous for MotoGP. And now Triumph's doing a totally limited edition run of the Daytona models. And I saw a picture of them. They do look pretty sweet. I don't think they are, I don't know. I couldn't tell if they were street legal, to be honest. Uh, they look pretty sweet. I mean, though. they've got like BMW has the rad one. Yeah, the S1000RR definitely has a package that's not street legal. It's like track day only. Yeah, and that's it's like also 80 grand good. for the yeah. HP4, which is rad. But I'm like, if I had 80 grand to spend on a motorcycle, by golly, I want to ride it somewhere where I can show it off. Yeah, I, I want to ride it to the rock to, store. Yeah, I want to take this baby to Cars and Coffee. And they're like, well, it's got too much power and too much. I'm like, all of them have too much power. Yeah, every motorcycle over like a If I got 80 season. grand, I'm probably not dumb enough to go die on it. Yeah, that's true. If I got, it's, uh, the funny thing is, is the more money you have, the slower you ride. Would you say that? No, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> that's a t- total I, I mean, as a very general statement, yeah, it definitely probably happens. The more expensive your bike, the slower you ride it. Um, Salt Lake City, Utah. What announced today uh, as if the 2019 Nitro World Games in Utah weren't already action-packed enough, Nitro World Games has expanded its race offerings by adding the high-intensity RSD Super Hooligan National Championship to the schedule of events. That was only announced this week? Well, July 23rd. So what's that? Oh. Mm, Tuesday? I just got the email a while ago. Yeah, I know, because you're like in the super hooligan world. Gosh. You are a super hooligan racer. Fuck. You're number 19 in super hooligans right now. I should now. stop saying that. Oh, and points? Probably not that good this year. How many have you raced this year? Two. But I only made one one main event. Let's and just I, say... And I think I got 14th. <laughs> so you're 14th in points at least... Uh, at most, at most, I should say, at most. Um, so, yeah, Super Hooligan National Championship is going to the Nitro World Games, put on by Nitro Circus. And if you didn't, you know what? This is like one of those things where, like, you're sitting around, and you're like, man, wouldn't that be cool if this and this and this happened? Well, guess what? Hashtag Nitro Circus. Everything you wish would happen in motorsports and cool, um, like, weird, I don't know, uh, X Games, uh, action sport, all this great stuff I wished for as a kid. Basically, like, Carnage Atopia has happened, and it's called 
the Nitro World Games. Go check it out in Salt Lake City. Next news story. KTM's recently confirmed its support for the Northern Talent Cup, introducing the new KTM RC4R race bike. Now, I'm glad you were talking about the road taxes and the 675 and everything else. It's like a weird uh, GP bike because you, you ever hear the Red Bull Rookies Cup? Yeah. And the stuff that that has garnered and... KTM made the RC390 for that. Well, the RC4R is going to be for the Northern Talent Cup. It's going to focus on Northern Europe and all of those weird places like Finland and Norway and Latvia and places where people think like dragons still live, but they actually are just pretty normal and motorcyclists like to ride. So they're going to get all that. I mean, everybody in, you know, Spain has like when you're born, if you're not born with like a MotoGP handlebar in your hand, you're like, eh, well, you'll be a bullfighter probably. But up north, it's like, man, you know, we've been eating all these bears that are coming over from Russia and like making weird uh, tchotchkes for people around the world for centuries. Let's get into this damn motorcycle racing thing. KTM, why don't you hook us up? Okay, here's RC4R. Go for it. And so that's how it was born. Um, Speaking of racing, (laughs) Harley-Davidson. Speaking of orange, actually, and racing. Harley-Davidson, their sales have dropped 8%. uh, I think that's globally. Um, Harley-Davidson, globally, they sell like 266,000-ish bikes a year, give or take a few hundred thousand. No, give or take a few thousand hundred. Um, And that's a drop in the bucket when you think of brands like Honda that are selling like a quadrillion. Honda sells so many motorcycles they forget. Like, oh, did we sell that? It's like Wiggins looking in his garage. Oh, I forgot I had those 12 motorcycles over there. Honda's like, oh yeah, we forgot we sold that much. But also, because there's Atlas Honda, there's like, you know, different Hondas around the globe. Royal Enfield in India sells like uh, 600,000 motorcycles a year, I do believe ish, around that number somewhere. And so basically Harley-Davidson is like a quarter of what they're selling, right? Or a third. And so an 8% drop in sales. Uh, I noticed that even my buddy and I were talking about it at work uh, today or yesterday. Even in India, people can't afford big Royal Enfields and stuff like that. So Harley-Davidson's cost quite a few rupees. And that's the one of the world's largest motorcycling markets right now. So that's why they're focusing their little um, smaller bikes, the Benelli partnership that they have with Quanjing or Changjing, and their uh, smaller electric bikes and 250s. That's why they're going over there is because that's how you get into that market. Ain't nobody, I said, this is what they need to do. They need to design a bike that's less than 350 cc's because rupees, you know, there's like, uh, I don't know, when you're spending like 30 million rupees on a bike versus like uh, 2,000 rupees on a bike, it's a big difference. But you also need to design a bike that you can fit six people on (laughs) that's 125 cc because that's basically how people ride in India. So they wouldn't ride a Harley Davidson anyway. But so I, I intend. To see, um, I expect actually, I don't intend, but I expect to see an increase as Harley Davidson expands their Asian only um, offerings and then gets them out on the the old uh, sales floors over there in Asia to see some growth back here at home, which will be nice. Uh, speaking of Harley Davidson, Rapid City, South Dakota. Beep, 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 beep. News ticker, news ticker. Uh, Black Hills Harley Davidson, which is currently running Advanced and Hines Harley Davidson XG750R in the production of Twins class, uh, has signed our BFF, our best friggin' 
Frog. He's not our best friend. I was going to say our BFF, and then if he listens to this, he's going to be like, I don't even know these guys. Like, I don't even know what they look like. So what what else could BFF stand for? We need to think of this quickly. Uh, uh, He's our best friendly <laughs> fighter. Listen. I'm trying to think of something that means the bike won't make 25 laps. Oh, be so quiet, Wiggins. let's put Here's, it in a short class. Of all the people to be down on Harley Davidson. It's not Harley Davidson. <laughs> okay, has, don't know. No Harley more. has nothing beep. to do with it. I'm going to beep this out. Anyway. <laughs> it's only the most expensive program in the paddock. All right. Bring well, up guess, the rear. Guess who they got now. Maybe they'll be bringing up the I front. I saw it today. No. Well, it's a production twins class. It's yeah. not the premier twins class. Well, it don't matter. Which, by the way, I was just looking at something about that that's pretty fucking interesting. Okay. Well, let's talk about it in a little bit. Who do you think they signed? I just saw the guy. I don't remember his name, though. It's Dalton Gaultier, who is the oh, no, current I saw that a leader. couple days ago. Yeah, yeah. And they got another guy today, though. Uh, they've had James Rispoli for a while. Oh, Rispoli's who I just saw. Yeah. Yeah, I think they already had him, uh, and they signed Gaultier to ride the second XG that in the FT five days ago, class. bro. Dude, July 19th. We haven't done a podcast in 17 days. Oh, that's what true. do you expect? Um, so, yeah, he's going to run the Production Twins' uh, second bike for Vance and Hines but, um, so this one, for the rest of the season. I mean, the one in the picture doesn't have stock valve covers, mm-hmm. so that's not very production. No. Uh, it doesn't have stock side cases, so that's not very production. Wait, why are you it bringing It doesn't have a up? stock fuel injection either. Do you think any That's of, not production. Do you think any of the bikes in that class are actually production? Well... I mean, it, so what it doesn't have is a fully billet head like the Premier class, but... Are you saying they're running a Premier class motor with just, like, a different head? No, they're basically running their old Premier class bike. Yeah. Which, is, I mean, essentially is what the, the Kawasaki's are. Well, yeah. I think it's, it it's is kind the, of a it great It is class, the XG, so it's uh, XG750R, so it's not the, you know what I'm saying? It's like... It's probably their old race bike. <laughs> it is. It's the one from a couple years ago, yeah. as far, from what I understand. Yeah, so that is our news, and for shizzle, my bizzle, let's get back to some of this crappy music. So there's our news. If there's anything newsworthy that you have happening in your town, guess what? Go get a job at your local paper. We don't care. I'm going to be really negative on this show. I'm going to give it to Wiggins to be the positive one, but then he turned it around oh, on now me. now we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Then he turned it around on me with this whole Harley Davidson thing, and I really could feel that, yes, we were in a bad place for this week's show. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with uh, round two, Electric Boogaloo. What would Wiggins and Junkforth do? Hey, everybody, this is Nathan Flats from Flats Tires, reminding you to come on down and get everything you need for your bike. We've got tires. They're round. They're made of rubber. And we supply everything you need, including valve stems. The only thing you need to supply is the air. That's right. Come down to Flats Tires. We're on the corner of State Street and First, down in Epperton. For over 125 and a half years, no pickle has been more trusted by motorcycle champions everywhere than Clawman Pickles. You want to win your race? Put a Clawman Pickle in your face. Clawman's guaranteed. Clubman's in your mouth and a championship trophy on your shelf. Clubman's the only pickle for motorcyclists. 
Hey there, listeners. This is Patreon subscriber Narissa coming to you from inside my helmet in the land of beer and cheese, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You're listening to the Creative Writing Podcast because you're obviously ridiculously good looking. So is this something that we can we we can we definitely air? Can. All right, this All is super public Twins knowledge. Teams are required, yeah, are All required right. of professional product appearance, including a straight truck. Don't have a dented truck. Toter home trailer full semi. So my question is, which I guess are we recording now? We're absolutely recording. Oh, okay. Should so, I turn this down? No, 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 no. Let's let's yeah. So let's start over. It. Let's this start is over. kind of my issue with it. And there's, wait, wait, wait. There's we don't know what it out. is. You're just no, no, no. I know. I, I'm okay. going to start over. Okay. Um. So American Flat Track for 2020. So this is kind of the deal. There's still some questions about it that they're trying to iron out and people are trying to figure out. Sounds like NASCAR needs to chill the fuck out. Like NASCAR's dead. And they think that this is going to make it like NASCAR was 20 years ago. It's kind of the deal. So what they're doing, because of the production twins class, they're doing a super twins class. Okay. So in the super twins class, anyone that just puts super in front of a race category is a moron, first of all. So uncreative. <laughs> that was a super kick on that microphone. Know, right? <laughs> oh, um, I'm an idiot. That Damn. was a super jab. But uh, so anyway, they're doing a super twins class. So what the super twins class is, um, the Indians basically can't run the production class. And the XG750Rs can't run the production class. Well, there's two versions because the one you just saw for Dalton was an R. But the ones Harley's running in the, uh, or Vance and Hines is running in the, in the premier class, they're not going to be able to run. So they're doing 16 riders. Because there's something fundamentally different in the diff between a couple years ago race motor and the new race motor. Oh, yeah. They're like fully okay. billet heads. Okay. Not that the production one's that production, but the Cowies kind of aren't either. Yeah, yeah. But the Indians are not allowed to run in it at all. Yeah. So I have a feeling there's some guy with the initials TV that has a lot of influence on this because um, he's getting his ass kicked by the Indians. So why not start a separate class so you can win? That's also speculation. It might not be totally true. Right. But and Terry Villiam, you know who you are. Yes. God, I almost think I. I think I almost. It's Tom. Whoops. It's Tom. Tom Villiam. Tom Villiam. <laughs> um, so anyway, well, once I started speaking, I was like, "Oh my God, whoops!" The uh, and you know some of ideas coming out of that camp, I think, are great. The reason that the twins ride twins at every race is from that camp, but. So there's a super twins class. They're going to have 16 riders. And from my understanding, what I've read basically on sideburn, and he's also trying to make it sound good. So it sounds like AFT is paying him to release this, but, um, congratulations if that's true. I mean, sideburn is rad and, and Gary's super rad, but there's a 16 rider field and they're going to only allow 16 riders to enter each race. And it's pre-selected 16 riders, by the way. So, Mies, uh, the Bauman's Carver, um, Sammy Vanderkoy, 
you know, all the names you know, top 10 guys on a consistent basis, those guys and six more. So anyway, um, so what it sounds like is basically like they don't want Jeffrey Carver to not make the main. They don't want Jared Meese to not make the main. They don't want Briar Bauman to not make the main. They want to. What they're saying they want to do, and I, I understand this, but changing the rules, making it more expensive, and fucking people out of making a main event who are on their shit that night, you know, and not even allowing them to race, honestly, is to me the fucked up part. But what they're trying to do is. Hey, doesn't the World Anti Doping Association keep people from being on shit while they're racing? Maybe. So what they want to do is basically they're trying to build up the writer's um, persona, right? Um, kind, it, because people love stories. That's, absolutely. That's, I mean, yeah. that's that's 100% true. Like everyone knows Dale Earnhardt, right? Um, everyone, not everyone, but if you're a NASCAR fan at all, you knew Bill Elliott, right? You know, you know, some of those old school NASCAR drivers. Yeah. And you know, the petty legacy. Yeah. And it's, there's so much story there that that's what people want. But the reason there was story to NASCAR is because those guys were fucking rad and they were innovators and they were legends for certain reasons. Like fuck Smokey Eunuch. Talk about Ron Wood earlier. Smokey Eunuch is a legend in NASCAR. He never drove. He was a tuner unfortunate last name but yeah very popular yeah uh i mean this guy would he got stopped for tech and they i mean he would uh they would measure your fuel cell right and it could only hold so much fuel so this guy put a basketball in it inflated the basketball inside the fuel cell so when they measured it they're like oh yep only holds out much fuel deflated the basketball pulled it out of the fuel cell so now he has a basketball worth of fuel extra <laughs> he um ran like i don't know how much like a sh- like 500 feet or something or it was like bigger fuel line and a lot more fuel line and like serpentined it back and forth under the car so that way he could run more fuel than what the fuel cell held this was like after the basketball he got caught right and he never broke the rules he just did what wasn't written in the rules right um he went out one time and his car set fast time one there's a speculation about a seven eighth scale chevelle or nova or something like that that he built and that's not totally true but you can go on a a youtube deep dive on that fucking thing right look up seven eighths eunuch and uh it's seven seven eighths you'll find a very short man with no testicles um He did, uh, he was the first guy. I mean, this is including F1 and everything. Well, okay, to my knowledge, including F1, maybe he adapted what F1 was doing, but I think he did it first. He covered the whole bottom of the stock car in uh, aluminum sheet to make it smooth. And he went out and like set fast time by like over a second or something ridiculous. And everyone's like, oh, he's fucking cheating. He's doing all this. And he wasn't cheating. And then they looked under the car and they're like, oh, now all the cars have that. Yeah. Um, he actually he came up with the idea for the uh, the safety wall. He was he was actually really concerned with safety, um, and this is in the sixties and seventies in stock cars um, when they had fixed. Uh, they didn't have collapsible steering columns. Oh, right. You hit the front, and the steering wheel shoots out the roof. He right? um, he invented or came up with the tire, the old tire wall. So, like, all the used tires that everyone's laying around, he's the one that put them in between the wall and another wall so it would take some impact, right? So, you know, legends, like, these stories of these people, and they were stories and they were these people because they did shit and because the racing 
racing in general at the time allowed those things to happen, right? Because, and you know, we, I've talked about this a lot. Like I think hooligans popular because it has a lot of those elements. Some of those elements are natural because we're starting on shitty old beat up bikes that were street legal. We're welding the fucking doors up and we're going racing. Right. The, the story is how you got your, you went down to the swap meet and got your bike, and now you're like yeah. on T on. I literally, on I literally TV. picked mine up from a junkyard. Yeah. So that's kind of what makes it happen. Another thing that's popular with hooligan is, and it's not just because of the bikes, but the personalities, right? Like, there's this. I've always told people like it's more WWE entertainment than it is racing entertainment, yeah. or than it is racing, and it needs to stay that way because that's what makes it great, and what makes it cool, and that's what people want to buy into and that's why people want to go racing because they think well that fucking fat dude with this <laughs> idiot can do it i can do it too so aft wants that to happen they want to be like nascar they want to build these riders up right and to me i'm like then fucking do it you don't have to change the rules you don't have to limit the number of people you don't have to basically make it so you buy your way into a main event to do that to these riders like fucking talk about them you know, and they do, if you watch the fans choice stuff, there's a lot of stupid little interviews where they try, you know, they, one of them's like, what's your favorite emoji that you send and stupid shit like that. Right. And it's always like all these twins writers and Shana texter, <laughs> but you know, they try. Right. And that's, but do that. Like that's building up your riders. So next year in the super duper twins, there's going to be a 16 rider field. And from my understanding, um, they're only going to allow 16 riders to enter the race on any given day, right? So every rider that enters, that's there, that's on the list of 16, will make it into the main event. Isn't that a little bit like taking MotoGP and Formula One and making Super MotoGP and Super Formula One? I mean, there's already a premier class, and then there's already... It's, it's a, a little bit... To me, this is what it is, right? And... Don't look at it in 2019 because Vance and Hines and Harley are hanging. You know, they're not winning, but they're hanging. Look at it 2017, right? You had three of the best riders in the field, and they were struggling to make a main event. Well, in this case, you don't have to worry about it. You're already in the main event, right? Vance and Hines' drag race team, they're already in the main event with her 115 horsepower you know, more than every, not more than, not 115 more than everyone else, 25 more than everyone else. They're already in the main event, right? They made it. They don't have to worry about not making the show and embarrassing themselves, you know, which to me is racing, right? You fuck up or your shit's not with it that night. You're just not in the main event. Yeah. And that becomes part of the story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so it's this way you can buy your way in, right? You're, Hmm. You know, obviously the Harley Davidson, Vance and Hines team, you know, they could call me up and be like, hey, um, go to a couple of pro races on a single. Here's your twins license. You're in the main event because we have enough money to do so. So on that end, I get it. Like, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to increase the popularity by giving the the viewers these stories of these riders and making you invested in and in seeing your rider in the main event. Yeah. Making you a fan of a rider and that rider's story. Well, so tell them their fucking story, dude. I don't know shit about Jared Meese. I don't know shit about Brian Smith. You know, I, I mean, there's a lot of writers out there I don't really know a lot about. So one of the things that upset me that I read uh, a little bit ago, um, Davis Fisher posted this, and it was a rule. It says uh, technical rules and event regis regis uh, regulations. Sorry. 
Question said, uh, what paddock requirements are there for Super Twins teams? The answer is all Super Twins teams are required to have a professional paddock appearance, which there's a lot of different ways to do that, but I guarantee my fucking pit setup half the time is not. <laughs> um, I, I pop up in an old dirty truck. Yeah. Um, oh, it, it gets better. That includes a straight truck. The fuck do you mean a straight truck? So that includes a straight truck. It's very uh, homophobic. I mean, it's not. Yeah, you can't promoting have a, you, these. You can't have a gay truck, right? Um, a toter home, a trailer. This is a or, by the way, not an and. You don't need a truck and a fucking motorhome and a trailer, but or full semi truck trailer along with branding tents, um, awnings, and branding barricades. So my question that I posted on my Instagram story, it'll be gone by the time you guys hear this, is so would Jeffrey Carver 2017 be allowed in this class? This is a very serious question. If you listen to the show and you follow Flat Track, you're probably a Carver fan. If you're not, I don't know why you listen to our show and follow Flat Track. Um, I mean, if you don't follow Flat Track, I get it, but, you know, um, you're at least somewhat, if you follow Flat Track at all, you're probably somewhat of a Carver fan, right? He's just a happy dude that's out there having a good time and everyone seems to like him. So my question after that was how does I put JC 23 get to be JC 23 2019 without JC 2017? This is the big issue I have with this. So you're saying that going forward, there's no development. It's existing players only. (sighs) Or you would have to come out of the production twins class. And at the time, you know, 2017, there wasn't a production twins class. So, you know, there's definitely still a segue into it. But how does Kale Kochman, what's going to happen to him? Is he stuck production twins? Well, do you think that it gives Corey Texture a way to get out of singles and production twins into Listen, a I really class like, again? I really like Corey Texture, but I don't think there's anything that's going to get Corey Texture out of production twins and the premier twins besides upping his riding game. What about this class? Yeah, if he finds a sponsor, I mean, he is riding for G and G or whatever. If they want to buy him in the Super Twins, cool. But Corey's not really hung with them. And part of the issue, again, nothing is Corey. He's doing more for the sport than most people know. Um, but part of the issue is he doesn't. To me, he's not focused on racing enough to be a Super Twins rider or Premier Twins rider. He's focused on it he's very talented he's been doing it a long time but he's got i mean this guy sponsors kids he runs races he does rider resumes for people like the shit the guy does is unreal but his mind's in too many places to be at the same level as someone like meese meese thinks race win race win that's it so but that's my thing is where's the stepping stone he, be? he made a baby so he must think of a little bit more than that it's not hard to think about making babies <laughs> um okay. so like in 2017 if you guys remember like a lot of people you know carver was a dude where him and his mechanics slept in the fucking van slept under the van like that's what they did they had one bike in a shitty van packed full of stuff uh i don't think he had a pop-up at a lot of races because there was no room for it in the van um definitely didn't have barricades around his little pit you know like but he went to the race he showed up and he ended up that year made a name for himself you know so what what do you do like where where is that stepping stone and without that stepping stone what happens in the long term 
What happens when Reese went, uh, when Mies retires? Who replaces him? If there's no stepping stone into this. And again, there is the production twins class and maybe that's going to be turned more into the segue. But what's happening right now with the production twins is guys like Corey Texter, guys like Kale Cookman, guys like Mikey Rush. Who else is running production twins? There's a lot of premier twins writers that have basically, and it's a lot of guys on a shoestring budget. I get it, but have basically stepped down to production twins. Now it's also helping guys like, um, which it's also a step down for, um, Kobe Carlisle, but there's guys like Dalton Gaultier. You know, there's a lot of guys that are stepping up to production twins. And what I really respect, and I think it was Chad coast, who's actually done a lot of twins stuff too. Right. Um, you can run singles and production twins in the same day. You can't run premier twins and production twins in the same day. Right. Um, but there's a lot of singles writers who run both programs. So they're doing a shit ton of laps. They got two bikes ready. They're really out there, but they're getting the experience and the track time. And that's great. But that's my little thing that I posted about this. So would Jeffrey Carver 2017 be allowed in this class? Like what, when he showed up with a shitty van with a million fucking miles on it, him and his mechanic in a van with no pop-up, you know, no, uh, what do I want to say? No professional branding or whatever. Like, what do you do? Is that guy allowed? Because I don't know about you guys, but if you follow Flat Track, 2017 was a stellar fucking year for Jeffrey Carver. When he won the Texas half mile by half a second, the last win ever for not only a Harley Davidson, but a Harley Davidson XR 750 might be the last win ever for an XR 750 at the rate VH is going, might be the last win for Harley. Um, he was in a fucking van, no trailer, no pop up, no, no toter home that was all fancy. You know, just that was it. So, but at the same time, that's the Cinderella story that AFT wants to promote. But how are you going to promote that if you take it out? Yeah, you're promoting the end game without the actual development of the story is what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, why does NASCAR suck? Because how many NASCAR drivers right now are millionaire fucking trust fund babies? Formula One, kind of the same, right? Not all of them. Not all of them. But... You know, and I don't follow NASCAR, so if someone does, I might be wrong. But the last driver that I know of in NASCAR was Tony Stewart. Actually, uh, shit, there was another guy, Casey Kane. You know, how many guys in NASCAR right now can go get in a sprint car and compete? Not necessarily win. I mean, Stewart can win, but not necessarily win. Just compete in a World of Outlaw race. Go get in a late model. Go get in a fucking go-kart. How many of those guys can do that? And how many of those guys did anything besides the support series, maybe trucks, and then went straight to the cup series? Like, I want to know the kid that was fucking three years old at the racetrack, five years old, in a quarter midget, in a go-kart, that worked their way up, that, that, you know, didn't turn on the air conditioning when it was 101 because their parents wanted to buy tires for the race car for the weekend <laughs> right. type shit. You know what I mean? Like, that's the stories that people want to hear. Like, again, why is Hooligan popular? Because there's a lot of writers, and that's their story. Jason Rogers, who actually listens to this quite a bit in Alabama, like, that's a lot of his story, man. Like, that's one of the things, and he's a rad dude, but that's one of the things that 
makes him a rad dude, right? Him and his buddies saw what we were doing, was like fucking flat tracking sportsters. They're out doing wheelies and fucking stupid shit on sportsters. So they saw more stupid shit and wanted to go do it. Like, the dude's going back to X Games for the second year in a row. <laughs> right. Like, that's the kind of shit that I think they want in AFT, right? They want those stories. They want those characters. They want those people. But I'm scared that this class might <sighs> diminish that a little bit. Yeah. Well, and it makes sense. And I, I'm, I'm at this time unable to wrap my whole head around it and like around. And I've only read a little bit of it. I haven't read an official stuff. And, and I also get bored easily with reading that kind of shit too. Cause they need to make it all official right now. But it, to me, it sounds like a buy your way in class. Yeah. It, it's what it sounds like to me. And having said that, the thing I'm wondering about, um, because not knowing very much about it is if it's hard, if it's hard enough to get sponsors for, uh, I mean, you know, people yeah. are people are pulling up some weird sponsors for the twins class, even for the singles class, and for yeah. now productions twins. Tw- twins, what now? The super twins. Is well, it basically going to replace the premier class? Oh, no, or it, what is it, it is. It's it's absolutely okay. the premier twins is turning into the super twins. Okay, they're dropping the name premier and uh, calling it super. But you know, and it again. I feel like, and maybe this is on the surface without really knowing, I feel like a certain large budget program three years ago struggled to make the main event. And this is a way that they can take that large budget and make the main event. Now, if they can't finish 25 laps, which was pretty common at the time too, they're still fucked. But to me, that's what's... To me, that's kind of like... At the core of this idea, that's like what starts it. Yeah. It's like some rich guy is sitting there like, well, I got all this money. I got this name that people know. I got this other name that people know. And uh, we're looking like a bunch of fucking school kids right now. Like, we can't make a main event. We got, uh, let's see, the first year we got three of the best riders in the field. You know, look at how Cool Beth did. Look at how uh, Brandon Robinson has done. Jake Johnson has done pretty good. You know, so we've got three of these when, really talented veteran riders. And when Halbert was on Yamaha's, he was up there like battling Meese for the win. Uh, or that, for the that top, was on an know? XR. That was on a Harley, but he was doing well on a yeah. Yamaha too. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was running both bikes. Yeah. Right, depending on what yeah. track, but yeah, I mean that that that's the year I'm talking about though. Then, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, I didn't see him up in the top five after that. And you know. Harley Davidson has really Harley Davidson Vance and Hines this year have really done a lot better. Even a little bit last year, they had a couple good showings. But the only time that I know of on the podium is two TTs and when Mies got DQ'd. That's it. That's the only time I know they've made a podium in a main event. And you know, there's a lot of things that go into that. Um, but buying your way in or forcing other people to not be in because they can't afford to buy their way in to me is not the way you're going to make yourself look good right now. But not only that, like say, so say it was 2017 and and this was the new rules, right? Well, if you can't make the top 16, but you bought yourself in and you're in the top 16, what are you going to do? Be fucking four seconds behind five seconds, 10 seconds behind fucking 14th place. Oh, there were three riders. 13th place? Are you going to be 14th, 15th, and 16th, like half a lap behind everyone else? Like, what? How does that look good? Yeah. 
I don't like I, I said I was I, gonna say yes sir I am <laughs> <laughs> like I said maybe um maybe that's just me kind of looking at it not knowing what the fuck I'm talking about um but that's what it seems like on the surface right now and I guess it's set in the rules so we'll see what happens you know there's AFT is definitely on the up right now as far as fans and, and TV and all that. And, and I think that's great, but I'm always skeptical on why things are on the up and who's in charge and, and blah, blah, blah. And did they make the right decisions or did it just happen to be the right time for them? And there's a lot of that shit too. But anyway, that's a brief overview and some things I don't like. And I just, I just saw something about you need to have a straight truck and a good looking trailer <laughs> and a fucking pop-up that's well-branded. And I'm like, that sets you off. Dude, it's a, well, I mean, a well-branded pop-ups almost a G dude. How many fucking Dunlops can you buy for that? So, you know, and when there's riders going out in main events on used tires or, or showing up on, on race day with used tires, like that's an issue for them. And I, you know, when I first met Carver, the first uh, AFT race I saw him at, I met him, I met him a little bit before and then like met him and like talked to him and had him ride my bike in Arizona um, the night before the Arizona mile couple in 2017. He was on a Cowie, dude. We went over to his pit. Um, I don't know if it's on my phone, but we like, I got a picture of him with the FTW Co shirt on that he had. And, uh, dude, and I sat on his bike and shit too. He was just like, yeah, dude, fucking check it out. He's <laughs> all pumped, you know? And, uh, it was actually cool. I saw his Indian at, uh, mama tried 2018 and his mechanic band's like, Oh, have you set on one of these yet? And I'm like, no. And he's like, fucking hop on. But, um, dude, he's in the back of the pit in Arizona, way the fucking the ninth hole, not even close. Right. Just in a van, white pop-up extra cowie borrowed from someone next to the van and his main race bike. Like, and then when you look at that season, what happened and who he became to AFT and that name and, and, and the fan base that he built in that year, like, would it have been the same if he was running production twins? Would it have been, I mean, he couldn't have went, he couldn't have rode an XR at Texas if he was running production twins. Um, you know, would he, uh, that was the same year that he was in second at X games until he got a flat tire and still finished fourth. So would he have been invited to X games that year? So there's like so many things that I'm just like, these are the issues that I see with it. And because I know more of his story and it's easy for me to point out those situations. But to me, that's like, those are always things to like, look at it. And if, if you're saying you want to build the writers up and you obviously want those Cinderella stories and stuff, like then you got to take a chance on a writer that no one fucking knows. You got to take a chance on someone who's, who's struggled, you know, I mean, um, there, that's just what to me is makes fucking racing great. You know what I mean? Like it's been, I don't know, in the late nineties, I think there was a, a cart driver and I don't even remember where at, I think in Florida it was a road course and he had lost his sponsorship, but he owned his own car and everything cart IRL, whatever the fuck it was at the time. Right. And he went out to a race with a bare white car <laughs> that just said race car on it i don't think it said anything i think it was bare white with numbers on it and he won no yeah. sponsors no nothing showed up and won and i'm like i don't again like that's not a racing sport that i watch but i remember that because it was so legendary that there's all these money all these big teams it was like him and his wife and a few buddies changing tires 
and he fucking wins. Yeah, that's pretty crazy, that's and, and ah. that's uh, yeah, good timing. Um, yeah, it's ama- it is amazing. Stories like that are amazing, and it's what makes uh, a racing legend. I mean, you could finish on the top of the podium a thousand million times, and that could make you a legend. Also, like the Dunlops, there's legend around their character away from the track. And when the two meet, sure. But yeah, like what you're saying, it sounds like... It sounds like what you're saying is people are trying to buy their way into that legend at this point. That's what it appears to me. And you know how I like to be negative Nancy sometimes, but that's what it looks like. Yeah. Well, we're going to come back after this break. I guess uh, we'll know next year. We'll know next year, yeah. It'll be interesting to uh, pay attention to AFT and find out what happens. After the break, we're going to talk some more news and moto safety and roast a bike. Hey, creative writing listeners. This is Moto GP from the NOCO Moto Podcast, the best motorcycle podcast that you've never heard. Yeah, Why haven't now. you heard of us? I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I think the Club and Pickle Corporation been paying iTunes to repress any other motorcycle pickle related content. And like our theme song barely even mentions pickles, but whatever. Just give us a listen. Beast Man, coming at you from GSXR 600 FM, The Squid. We've got creative riding coming at you at the top of the hour, but first, the traffic. We have a yellow SV650 down on the 405 and a high-speed police chase being led by an RC51 over in Glendale. Chopper Dave says the bike looks pretty cherry from his vantage point, but may not be so sharp from up close. Anyway, here's an oldie from Tilford Sellers featuring a little-known steel guitar player named Moto G Beats. When the bright light everyone this is Liza from the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast and when I am getting a root canal or something else really just painful and shitty I like to listen to the creative writing podcast because the best way to fight pain is with pain yeah Liza sure the best way to fight pain is with pain and for all that pain, we would have Jay on tonight's show. <laughs> but she's not here with us, folks. She is on the mend, so we're sending out our uh, our best to Jay. Um, yeah, listen to So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle a couple weeks ago's episode for Jay's yakety yak and on how she fell down, went boom, and what she's trying to do to be a better rider. Uh, I would say it's a little too late, Jay. You so need to be... She's going to totally punch us in the face when she gets back. You know that, right? She's just going to give us an uppercut. She's going to be like, dude, you were talking so much smack. I wasn't there to talk you know, talk about it with you. So at any rate, um, yeah, we got some... Speaking of safety and speaking of uh, great stuff like that where you don't fall down and go boom on your motorcycle, but should you? Uh, I have an opinion slash what do you think? 
Um, coming up on this week's show, I was listening to last week's show on uh, Nokomoto. I was, our, our brothers here at the uh, Moto One Podcast Network, I was listening to their show, and their, uh, I wish I was a fly on the wall back in their studio when they were recording that episode with Mr. John Del Vecchio, I believe. And all the stuff they were talking about safety. Wiggs, you were just talking about being a negative Nancy at the beginning uh, before we went to break there. And a little bit at the beginning of the show, we kind of were talking about it. You know, nobody lives forever. And every day I wake up on the right side of the dirt, I uh, thank my stars. But guess what? I'm kind of thinking like this whole safety thing is BS. And I have a couple theories on this that are backed up by some economic studies. Um, But something that he said on their show before I get into all my super hyper weirdo stuff, is that motorcycles haven't kept pace with the automobile industry as far as safety, and therefore MC-related deaths appear to be more percentage-wise. But it's just that cars have gotten safer, and their crash numbers have gone down, basically, right? But I wonder, what what are you going to add to the motorcycle itself to make it safer? Would that Their I whole guess... Nokomoto show, if you go listen okay. to their show, they talk about that. And my thing is, uh, well, we had a couple back and forths, and um, go listen to their show for the whole perspective on this topic, and maybe you will enjoy uh, enjoy it. Maybe it will enrage you as well. My whole thing is, listen, um, due to advanced uh, safety technology, motorcycles expect that cars will see them, and they will expect that cars will avoid them, and, and they expect that due to the advancements in gear... They will be safer in a crash, and therefore we ride dumber as motorcyclists. And there was an um, interesting study done that I think Freakonomics, I used to listen to that podcast uh, just as much as possible, and I think they did a study, and they said the economists would tell you that if you want to make people safer, take away their gear. Uh, what, what has happened every year, like in the NFL, even um, not NFL, football, so from Pop Warner all the way to the NFL, is that... Uh, like concussion related deaths have gone on the rise and mostly in the smaller divisions because you're like Bush league teams and your arena football teams and your college teams can't afford, although it does, they do get like millions uh, of dollars. It still doesn't buy the best of the best in the equipment uh, that the NFL has. And even those guys get like, you know, sure their brain doesn't crack open and bleed out, but years later they develop like weird suicidal stuff where their brain doesn't work right, you know, and there's a whole bunch of trauma to the brain. Um, the thing is, is if you took all that padding away and you went back to like the 1920s when people were running around with leather and like fat cotton on their heads, do you think people would go head first into each other like they do and like slam as hard as they do? No. I don't think they would. So this whole motorcycle safety conversation, I honestly think... Now, Jay isn't here, so I'm not, I can't, don't have her here to ask, but I do know that Jay and, and Dane both, um, when the, he was here on the show, they have high-vis stuff. Now, I don't wear high-vis stuff, and I got hit probably as a result of it because the guy said, I didn't even see you, and I was like in mostly black uh, when I got hit. That's why I wear a white helmet now. Um, is so that at least they see something that doesn't blend in, except for when I ride with Wiggins. <laughs> the <laughs> helmet you gave me is matte black, so I can look all matte black, but I got a red bike now. So I just have something that stands out from the background or mixes me up a little bit if I'm not going um, head-on to somebody where they can't see my headlight because I think that 
um, you have a high vis on, you have your he light on, you have your uh, warning or your running lights, and like maybe you have like flashers, whatever you have on. Look, I'm making myself aware. I'm making myself, um, you know, visible to to bike or to cars and uh, and other bikers and and pedestrians, all that great stuff, right? But here's what's happening. Um, and Nokomoto, their podcast talks a little bit more about like what vehicles are doing and what motorcycles could be doing. The vehicles are doing to make riding more safe. My thing is ride, literally ride like people don't see you. I think there's a podcast with that sign off. Um, there's also Cleveland Moto with ride fast, take chances. And there's also exactly what Wiggins said at the beginning of the show is every time you swing a leg over a motorcycle or walk outside or put a CD in your microwave, um, there's a chance you're going to blow up. <laughs> there's a chance that uh, airplane uh, brick of frozen airplane turds are going to fall down on you and smash into you. A tree. Watch enough YouTube videos. There could be like a freak lightning strike that sends a tree down on the roof of your car and kills the whole family inside. There, anything could happen. So pretending that you're more safe because they're making safer motorcycles and they're putting ABS. On, a- ABS is compulsory in Europe right now. Um, I think France was trying to make high-vis compulsory. If you want to get your M1 license, you have to uh, part of your M1 requirement is to wear high vis and gloves. I think they were trying to do that. And I get it. We don't want our insurance costs to go up. We don't want our medical costs to go up. We don't want a bunch of vegetables uh, laying around in hospitals everywhere saying, oh, this person ended up like this because they were riding their murder cycle around. But I guarantee you, if I were had to ride around town in a thong tomorrow, which I might just do because it's been really hot, but no helmet, and no gloves and no boots, just my booty hanging out and a lacy G-string, guess what? I'm probably going to ride. I'm not going to take a turn uh, at anything more than like a two-degree lean angle. I'm probably not going to chance it at that red light and just go, oh, it's going to stay yellow a second longer. I'm probably not going to turn in front of a car that's coming straight when I want to go left and say, I'm going to make it. I'm probably not even going to... do like a panic break. I'm not, when I see the light turning yellow, like a quarter of a mile away, I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm not going to wheelie through the intersection after all. Guess what? I'm going to slow down right now. I am in a thong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyways, I guess what I'm getting at is that the more safer you make stuff and the more stuff you, like you said, what are you going to add to the motorcycle? We're already adding ABS. Motorcycles already have traction and stability control. They already have IMUs that chop the power when you're in a lean and you're putting on the brake. They're trying to make bikes that basically can't crash. Uh, BMW's Vision 100 project back in 2016 that they're already implementing on all their crappy stuff. is like, hey, we're going to make a bike that doesn't crash and our little ghost bike that rides around is going to do basically the same thing that Yamaha's Motobot or whatever it was going to do. They're going to take data and make a self-riding bike that doesn't let you crash. The bike's in control now. And I'll be damned if I want everybody to be in control of my life. What you said earlier, the Tesla, the unbreakable car, John Deere, the same thing. You, uh, they weren't giving people repairable repair information because like you don't technically own it if you can't break it, right? Goes the same with your body. Who are you if you can't crash? You know what I'm saying? You're nobody. You're just a monkey now. Uh, you're just a doll on the back of somebody else's I mean, computer program. You also run into the issue of. Where does the government stop the control? Oh, yeah. Hey, why did that politician that was riding his motorcycle not stop and w- ran in front of that commuter train? And not have to, yeah, <laughs> not have to wear high vis. Like it, 
Oh, I thought you meant like they used the bike to kill somebody. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> and there's also a point of like uh, Darwinism should take over sometimes. Listen, that's exactly. I don't want to live forever. And, and I don't ride a bike because I want to be crazy and die soon. But I do ride a bike because I have at least control. But it do, And it does make you ride differently, too. Like mm-hmm. I... I you know, I'm a proponent when I'm on the track because a lot of the hooligans, you know, we started out in T-shirts and shit like that. And I'll still go ride in a T-shirt, but it changes how I ride. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm not going to crash because I'm in a T-shirt, but it changes how I ride my motorcycle when I'm in a T-shirt. I guarantee Valentino Rossi wears a thong like I have on right now, but I guarantee that if he were out on the track riding that thing, he would not be pushing it like if he had his full Dainese yeah. D-Air leather, you know what I'm saying? Like... I think that going more and and then if you do crash in that it's not you don't necessarily I mean Kenny Roberts look at not Kenny Roberts but um you know Wayne Rainey um anybody who's had a fatal crash or a career ending crash on a motorcycle obviously was in all the gear at that time that like was top of the line right and it still happens so it's a false sense of security to me and I don't think making your motorcycle have any more you know, safety features on it. I mean, what's it going to do to, to an nth degree? It'll improve like your overall hospital stay. And I think MotoGP and I, we went back and forth in our little, uh, we had a, we had a couple, uh, email transaction happen there. And, and I think it was either Swiggy or MotoGP was saying at least it'll lessen your time in the hospital. Yeah. You're still going to the hospital. Your bike's still fucking trash. I mean, I think to a point, some of it's good. Um, I've heard, I've only ridden uh, a Harley with anti-locks, and uh, I like to fuck around. So we were, like, locking up the rear brake and seeing what it would do, and it just, like, basically let go. So you almost crashed doing it almost what did. they designed like, it not to yeah, do. Yeah, <laughs> because if you, if you would stand on the rear brake and lock it up, it would let go, and it would literally go to, like, 30% braking. Yeah, it would yeah, barely yeah. slow down. And I was like, that's sketchy as fuck. And it took, uh, it took a minute to reset, too, because, like, you had to lift off and put your foot back on it for it to reset. So I'm like, uh, I mean, if you did it hard enough to slide the front, and it, um, and it would like with the rear in the rear alone, um, it would probably slide like 10 feet before it would kick in. So it was kind of like weird, slow reacting too. So like, yeah, I don't know. How I like it on that. Obviously it's getting better, which is good. And you got to start somewhere. Um, you know, gold wings have airbags. Uh, you know, I could see, you know, bikes in the near future having like a lot of the cars have automatic braking and stuff. And honestly, that's probably a good thing to a point. Honda is working on that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Having that stuff makes you a dumber rider. Right? It allows you to have a momentary lapse and paying attention. And why would you do that? Why would you get on a bike if you weren't going to be... Why would you drive a car if you weren't intending to... I I mean, you've never, like, been on a motorcycle ride and you, like, look off the side of the road. Oh, I do that all the time. You're like, damn, that's a beautiful view. Hell yeah, I do. Because that's part of riding the motorcycle. But that's not part of, like... I don't do that if I'm, like, tailgating a car. Well, maybe you didn't think you were tailgating the car and all of a sudden you came around a corner in a canyon and there's a car. Well, I wouldn't be looking off the side of the mountain if I'm going around a corner. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I know I'm picking, like, yeah. fly shit out of pepper I now. Don't, I don't agree that here, – here's kind of my thing on it, too. And I understand the insurance side of it and the hospital side of it, and we all kind of pay for it. But I don't agree with helmet laws. And I grew up in a state with no helmet laws, and I still wore a oh, helmet. Oh, yeah. 
I, I think that there's because more it, things to focus on than that, too. Well, and I think it should be the person's choice. If they're dumb enough to hop on a motorcycle with no helmet, that's their choice. Mm-hmm. Like, is it bad for our medical industry? Is it bad for the insurance? Is it like, you know, you get these people in and their skulls cracked open? Yeah, that's bad. It, it's all bad. But it, it's it's their choice as a human being to make. And like it or not, and France isn't the same way, but in the United States, we're a free country. So it's to a point, by the way, don't get me down that rabbit hole, but (laughs) you can't tell someone, oh, you need to wear a high business. No country is a free country, my friend. Yeah. Uh, You know, you just, you can't do that. So uh, I don't like that idea because where's it going to start? Oh, you need to wear a high vis helmet. Oh, well, now you need to wear full leathers top to bottom. Oh, now you need to commute to work. You need to have riding boots and gauntlet gloves and two-piece leathers. Yeah. And Well, not it, only does it make the motorcycle industry something that nobody can afford, so therefore it disappears, it yeah, also mean, makes you a dumber rider. I mean, I, would, I do also agree with that. If you were wearing these shorts and this T-shirt, would you rip a canyon on your way home? On your RC fifty one, or would you just ride straight home as upright? Right. <laughs> not as upright as you could. I know what you you're know saying, what saying with that too. Yeah, yeah. It that security will make people take risk. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that what they're trying to fix isn't the guy ripping through the canyon who runs off the edge. What they're trying to fix is the person that gets hit by a car in traffic. Yeah. You know, um, most states aren't lane sharing states. And like it or not, politicians, it's dangerous to not lane share Mm -hmm. because motorcycles get rear-ended all the time and they basically get killed at someone else's fault. Mm -hmm. So especially with everyone texting and driving now, it's even a bigger issue. That's my thing is that... And high-vis isn't going to fix that. That's my point. Like, Well, your point was people take risk because they have more gear on. But again, like, where's it going to well, start? That too. And, and what's it going like, to do to the industry? Like Jay, like, I, I, in her, not in her, not to attack Jay because she's not here to defend herself. But I think my whole thing, and this isn't even about Jay. This is about anybody that wears high vis. You put that high vis on, now everyone sees you. But that's not true. You think you you right. ride like everyone sees you, but nobody well, still sees and you. And one of the first things I learned with riding a motorcycle was you ride like no one sees you. That's my point. So I, I do, and I agree with that side of it, but that's not what scares me. What scares me is government getting into your business. Well, because how many people, well, and this isn't even really the issue, but how many people would stop riding if you had a one-mile commute to work and you're riding your moped every day because it gets, you know, you get a ride to work for a year before you fill up the tank, right? Well, now you have to throw on riding boots and a $1,000 set of leathers and a $100 pair of gauntlet gloves or $200. And, a, you know, and and a really nice helmet. And, well, fuck that. I'm going to go get a little car then. Like, oh, of course, yeah. I, I mean, there's that side of it. And... You know, and is it the money because people aren't going to go spend as much on leathers as they did their bike? Maybe. Is it, it's a hundred degrees out, which could be dangerous in itself. Yeah. You know, when you mentioned the lane splitting, I was thinking, uh, like I know I saw somebody posted recently in Oregon, they're in Oregon of all places and it's hot as hell up there. And yeah, they can't lane share up there because that's not a law. They just killed it. Actually. Uh, I think one person voted against it. And so that killed it. And uh, that's another thing. Motorcyclists don't exactly, your brain doesn't work when you're too cold or too hot. And so that's like all year this year, we've had like one or the other. And it seems like, yeah, another thing where 
now all your high vis and all your stuff on your motorcycle isn't going to protect you anyway. But the safety thing, I mean, not to get off topic, the safety thing is what really irked me. Um, I think the more, when you, when you put airbags in a car, um, are, do people drive crazier? Not crazy. No, people don't drive crazier, but do people like, are they scared to get in a car now and scared to think I might run into somebody? No, they're like, dang, if I run into somebody, it'd really suck, but my airbags will go off. And if I get hit from the side, my airbags will go off. Or if they're the person that has never crashed into anybody, they're like, Ooh, now I'm protected. And that, those, that per- person right there is the one person that all the safety stuff makes really good, um, sense for the person that's the victim of the a-hole that like doesn't do it, you know, is always crashing into people. But, uh, I don't know. So I guess 50% of all accidents need that for somebody because somebody's always the innocent one from the jerk off driving around. But And part of like the airbag thing too, and with motorcycle safety, you know, motorcycles 40, 50, 60 years ago weren't as fast as they are now. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, that thing comes into play too. Like, you know, I've driven i own a car from the 40s and that thing like tops out at 55 (laughs) yeah it also you never if you need to hit the brakes quickly you never know which way it's going to turn oh yeah but um (laughs) each wheel cylinder's grabbing at a different uh, yeah i thought oh i need to adjust my brakes and then i did it again and it went the other way and i kept it was kind of (laughs) random but um you know so as that technology increases safety should also increase because like i feel like airbags in your car Seatbelts in your car aren't, they especially were, because we're so used to having them. It's we don't really know any different. They were luxury items at one point. Now they're mandatory. Oh, for sure, for sure. And and ABS is the same way on motorcycles. Yeah. Um, I, I don't feel like all of those things will make you a more aggressive rider. I do feel like some of it will. Um, you know, you throw on a jacket compared to a t-shirt. It a lot of people change how they ride, but. Some people also don't throw in a jacket and they might ride one way for a little bit and then kind of change. And it's not about how you're riding. It's about if someone else hits you type thing. So, yeah, I, I don't want the government stepping in saying we have to wear high vis, but I'm not against things like ABS and automatic braking, which I'm sure is coming soon. Um, uh, I think Honda's already working on it. Oh, I'm for sure. Motorcycles. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Um, you know, and I am, but at the same time, I'm against helmet laws and I wear one. And if California said in whenever the next election thing is, we're going to get rid of the helmet law, I would vote to get rid of it and I would still wear mine. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, I, I don't, that's kind of like my, my point of view on it. I don't really think it's, it's the issue of people are going to ride more dangerously because they have full gear on, but it is the issue. No, I think that they expect, little, they expect that. Uh, they're not going to get hurt and they don't, I just think they don't ride like. And there's definitely that. And I think a lot of motorcyclists expect that they're not going to get hurt. Or like we talked about again with Che, like it doesn't matter whose fault the accident is. Yeah. The motorcyclist is the one who loses, who's going to the hospital or possibly going to the morgue. Like that's like the reality. So wearing that kind of stuff helps prevent that. Um, and I think it's a mindset, you know, every time you leave that you're, you have to, you know, you have to be in that mindset of it doesn't matter whose fault it is. Like 
I'm just gonna yeah. Lose. My whole thing is don't, like we said at the beginning of the show, don't crash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if you want to read a good uh, opinion on this, there uh, editor named Brian or Steve Cox on CycleNews.com. Um, he actually had a really good article on I think it was called the Empire of Dirt or something like that. And yeah, if you want to go check that out, his here's a quote from his article. It says, The perception of danger today is primarily rooted in how easy it is to ride modern four-strokes and how little skill is actually necessary before people feel like they can jump things that they really shouldn't be trying to jump. This is especially true of 450s, although it applies to 250s as well. End quote. And what he was talking about was he was writing about, uh, he's just about my age, and he was writing about when he used to race back in the 80s and 90s as a kid, he was on a two-stroke, and two-strokes were uh, king of the mountain at the time. But you, And he said you had to know, first of all, they're going to kill you. They always felt like they're going to kill you. There was this thing called the power band, and uh, on a two-stroke, it was really specific, and it could send you, you know, even when you're already on the gas, it could still send you backwards looping if you weren't ready for it, uh, you know, sometimes. But he was saying there was this particular uh jump in this particular section of track that he used to race on a two-stroke and once he got on a four-stroke he was great on it but he's like i had already learned on a two-stroke how to uh you know be in a certain gear so as you're going into the certain corner you got to shift down into a certain gear you got to hit the brakes just right so that you don't like wash out and also to maintain your speed because it's a two-stroke there's not a lot of torque right it's all like uh top end stuff so he's like, you got to hit this thing, and it's going into a hairpin. So you had to basically click down the gear in the air or something like that, hit the brakes just right, rail the berm, get on the gas, and shift up. When you're in the air, you had to hit the brakes just right to adjust the attitude of the bike because, you know, you hit the brake, and it will bring the nose down or put the nose up depending on which brake you hit and um, how much throttle you give it. All this great stuff can actually affect the bike in the air. And then... You, you know, you have to land it and be thinking about the next turn and shifting down because of the power band. You can't be out of, you know, like I said, there's no torque, so you got to stay in the power band. And so teaching on the brakes and turning and ripping. And he's like, on if somebody were to tell me that same section of track that I had to know like 15 things to do like two corners on now on a on a four on a two on a two stroke versus a four stroke, on a four stroke the instructions are uh, open the throttle. <laughs> And hit it, just gas it, and then turn, you know, break and turn. And he's like, that's basically, there was like three steps versus like the 17 I had to learn on a two-stroke. And on a two-stroke, the things that taught me were different. I learned how to actually ride a motorcycle. And this is dirt. I mean, this is where it's even sketchier than the street, you know, where you got the bike bouncing around underneath you and all this sort of stuff going on. You still had a hundred more things going on in your head. And so just even that, just switching um, motor types for dirt bike guys really changed how people ride. And now they focus on their race craft, which is like a dialed down version of what it really used to be back in the days of two strokes. And the same sort of thing, you know, on the street for me is thinking of that, apply that now to being on the street, being out in traffic and not in a competition setting. All these other safety things that are coming on and everything you expect to be. Uh, you know, motorcycling technology as it is advancing, you just expect to be uh, safe and you're not safe. I just want to make that clear. Riding a motorcycle is something that is 
a, an action activity. It's a thought activity. Luckily, I mean, I've seen people text while riding, but luckily it's kind of harder. But I've seen, dude, when I was going to Jay's and I was talking about that guy that was splitting lanes, standing up, like he wasn't like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. He was just being crazy. But at the same time, like, Screw it. I, I'm down with this stuff now. Like, I don't care about safety anymore. I, repeal the helmet laws. Like, do whatever you're going to do. But just make sure that you're doing it and not your motorcycle. And with that, junk out. <laughs> Next topic. <laughs> if ugly bikes were a crime, you'd be in jail. Yours should be cool, but it's an ultimate fail. You think your ride's awesome, it's a huge piece of shit That's only my opinion, but it's totally legit I'm saying what your friends do when you're not around It's time for Roast My Friend <laughs> Alright everybody First I rant on you, which I'm totally sorry about And now we're going to roast a bike And we're pretty much going to suck it If you know creative riding, you know that we don't do good at Roast My Bike, and we have a Whopper this week because Chris has already told me, I refuse to <laughs> roast this beautiful, beautiful machine. I don't machine. know about that. I just said I wasn't going to be real good at it. <laughs> well, we're never real good at it, but that's okay. Uh, on this week's show, we have Brian Honeycutt's uh, R1200GS. Now, he has a couple iterations of it, and I do want to say um, it looks like he's gone through a couple different years because... This one definitely isn't this one. I don't think he's got... It looks like he has a white one and a gray one. Um, but at any rate, I'm trying to see if they're water boxers too because let's see if he upgraded. Um, so, hey, Brian, my first thing is not so much the bike, but the Captain America suit that you have on while you're riding it. I want to know uh, if you got that at <laughs> superheroes.com, uh, if you got that during a Halloween sale, what it was. Maybe it was just the cheapest. I know that's what he wore uh, to race, too. So maybe it was just leftover. Maybe that was his old bike colors um, from his Ninja. But, um, but yeah, man, red, white, and blue on a GS. Seems like you should be in the red, black, and gold is what I'm saying. Um, look at this picture here. He's dragging knee with a pillion on the back, which is impressive that he got a knee down on a GS to begin with because most of those... How tall? He's like 6'5", right? Yeah, remember how we see that impressive? He was 6'7". He's yeah. got like a two-degree leaning. Yeah, his knees are already pretty much... They're saggy. He has saggy <laughs> knees, by the way, and they already do sag they down. They probably drag when he pulls in his driveway. <laughs> yeah. um, it is impressive to see a GS this far over. I've only ever seen it this far over when people try to take him out on dirt with those TKC-80s on there. Uh, and they're leaning over. Usually, see how he's leaning over with the knee down? Usually, it is uh, one of the uh, panniers that is <laughs> holding it up off the ground at that point. Um, I've also never seen one kick this far over because most of the parking lots at Starbucks that I see these things parked in are pretty level, so they never get leaned over that far. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think Brian from um, Creative Writing Page had posted that, yeah. What did he say? I'm going to find Brian's comment, but it was something uh, about Starbucks as well. Like, yeah, good, nice bike you have for <laughs> riding Starbucks every week. Um, so, Brian, uh, you know, Brian, basically, I see you doing a wheelie here on your GS. That could very well be Photoshopped. We don't have, actually, that's not Photoshopped. The uh, Shadow's doing a wheelie too. So, I mean, I guess they'll wheelie. That's really cool. 
Is it a wheelie or was there like a speed bump that he went over? I don't know. It's a GS. So I think what the Germans did is they filled that front tire with helium. <laughs> and by, by wheelie control, it actually means that there's a mode you put it in where <laughs> yeah, it'll pull it it'll up wheelie. just a little bit. Yeah. Um, the fancy IMU on the uh, S1000RR is really to make you wheelie. It's got a, a uh, some sort of self-balancing rear hub so that it has like a, uh, yeah, the front of the bike actually only weighs 26 pounds. So <laughs> it just uh, counterbalances it via some weird weight in the rear hub. And he's doing it right. Oh, that's what it is. I see why he's doing a wheelie because he's doing a track day with 96 cubic feet of pa- uh, luggage uh, on the back there. Put a bunch of weight in it. Dude, he has probably got his whole tent uh, in there and everything. He's like, oh, man, like I'm coming straight from camping to the track day. Is that cool? They're like, eh, you know, for shizzle. So, yeah, GS, what else can I say about it? It stands for Galandestras, which is road and street, and uh they should i don't know where i'm going with this they're mostly stand for garage and driveway (laughs) the the r1200 gd oh no that's what it was garage and starbucks (laughs) gs all right well god we suck dude bike for podcast host zero well brian we tried to roast your bike he also sent me a picture of his uh 20 year old honda hawk but that thing's too sweet to roast right now Maybe a few more beers in us, and we'll be able to get that thing um, on fire. If you have a bike you want us to roast, let us know. Send it to us at uh, creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagrams, the uh, Tumblers. No, don't go to Tumblr anymore. But um, yeah, if you wanted to hit us up on any social medias, we're usually at Creative Writing Podcast. We're there on uh, Facebook and Instagram. If you want to hit us on Twitter, which I've seen a lot of crazy stuff on Twitter, um, we are at creative underscore writer. Uh, check out wigs as usual online at askwigs uh, at gmail.com and uh, field initiative knives on Instagram as well as wig09 on Instagram. You want to check uh, check out Jay who is not here to defend herself for any of the bashing that we gave her. And I'm sure she's super pissed that the uh, phone rig wasn't working tonight. But uh, she is the underscore flying banana on Instagram or slayj6 <coughs> excuse me 666. And um, go support her. She's she's healing right now. She's she is uh, someone who's relying on high vis vests and uh, the sleek sleek design of a yellow bike to keep her safe in traffic. And it just didn't happen. She's healing her yeah. her legs. My dyno is black and my vest is black and my pants are black and my helmet was usually black. And you had to ride like nobody saw you because you were dressed like a damn street ninja, basically. Uh, ironically, not riding a ninja, but dressed like one. I will say, cars notice the Harleys more, though. Well, loud pipes save lives. <laughs> I'm gonna Could quit. Be part of that. I'm gonna quit wearing gear and just change out every pipe I have to be super loud and annoying. So I can't go anywhere early in the morning or late at night. But god dang it, I will stay alive. Um, or at least they'll know who, what they hit when they run over me. How's that? <laughs> we just ran over a motorcycle. Sweet. Um, yeah, give us a call. Also, you can leave us a voicemail at 740-563-2858. I didn't sound too confident about that, but I have it written down right here. Let me check. Yep, that's right. And if we sounded like we're out of it on this episode, uh, go check our latest Instagram uh picture of what heat exhaustion and heat stroke looks like i think i'm having heat stroke this whole episode and i know for sure wiggins has had heat exhaustion 
because uh, he looks like it. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we are out of here. We hope you enjoyed this show. And if you didn't, go back and listen to a better one that we did in the past. Or listen next week. There might be an even better one then. And uh, NPC writers will be hitting you up soon. Uh, patrons and everybody else that uh, wants a sticker, let me know. I'll send you a sticker. And patrons, you're getting yours for free. All right, everybody. Peace in Greece. Tell your niece to ride with Fabrice Fabrice only in Greece. Wiggins, any significant things you want to say? Nope. All right. We out. We out.